Hey mamas, I'm so excited to be bringing you my free brand new online masterclass on emotional eating called Stop Emotional Eating on Tuesday, March the 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's going to be a workshop style class where I teach you the signs and help you understand why you eat emotionally. Then I'm going to show you a simple step to help you stop emotional eating if you want to. And if not, I'll show you what you can do so that you take away that shame and that guilt every time it happens. I'm also going to be doing some life coaching too. So if you've been struggling with any type of emotional eating and you want some support, this will be a good opportunity to get coached by me for free. I'm so excited. I can't wait to help and support you. So go check out the details and sign up for the masterclass at oliveandbliss.ca forward slash emotional eating. All right, let's head on to the episode. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, thriving moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? Today, we're talking about emotional debt and how this shows up in our relationship with food and our bodies. Are you ready? I feel part excitement and apprehension today because I always love coming on the podcast to chat with you about all the things and share what I'm learning so you can rethink how you engage with food, how you engage with your body and feeding your kids. And part of that requires some growth. And as I continue to grow in my capacity as a coach and just as a professional in this field, one of the things that I'm currently working through is my fear of putting out my original ideas into the world. And sometimes I worry that I might not have great ideas to share. And I'm learning that it's okay to just share what comes up naturally for me instead of waiting for, you know, an endorsement from people that I look up to in this work. So Another thing is just as a recovering perfectionist, (laughs) and I've been working on this for the past couple of years, this is another area of growth for me because it's not fun. And I'm really learning to just let my good enough be good enough, right? So my brain has thoughts and sometimes they're not great, but I'm learning that this is all part of the process and it's okay. So The concept I want to share on this episode is one that I thought of after a coaching session with one of my clients, and she was struggling with emotional eating. And I remember after we ended our call that day, and I was, you know, kind of reviewing what we went through and just assessing the coaching session, I had this thought about how so many of us socialized as women, especially moms, walk around with the burden of the world on our shoulders. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Many of us have emotional debt when it comes to our relationship with food and our bodies. So right away, I went on Dr. Google because I guess that's what you do these days. (laughs) And I found articles that were talking about emotional debt in like marriage, relationships and product development, weirdly enough. 
but nothing really on food and body. So I thought, okay, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast and how this shows up in my practice. So here it is. And I hope that you're going to learn so much from this episode and it'll change your life. So I'm not going to go into details about what debt means because I think a lot of us know that already. But unlike financial debt, many of us don't have thoughts about our emotional debt. And I think this is because we don't even know we're carrying them. So what I'm hoping to do in this episode is to help you assess your life, see where perhaps you may have been overdrawing on your life and keeping yourself in emotional debt. And the way I define emotional debt is that it's simply an accumulation of emotions that we're mostly afraid to either express or acknowledge that they exist. So for me, I think that these emotions tend to be negative or what is deemed unacceptable by society. So we do everything within our power to either prevent ourselves from feeling them. And when we do, we judge ourselves, right? So we layer on the judgment and we try to justify or try to fix it. And when I coach clients and we start to unpack their history with food and body, we often find that that debt started in childhood. So for example, something may have happened and then they internalized that experience and made it mean something about them. Then they walk around with the thoughts or the beliefs that something is wrong with them. So things like your body is wrong or you're ugly or you'll never do anything right. So these are just thoughts that keep piling on that emotional debt. Obviously, in the moments when these things happen, like when someone first makes a comment about your body, you probably may have felt anger, maybe shame, maybe sadness, or maybe you couldn't even understand what was going on, but you just felt something negative, like unpleasant in your body, and you couldn't fully express it. And if you did, you were probably reprimanded for expressing yourself. So then you turned on yourself, you know, inward, And then you may have self-blamed or judged yourself for being weak and unable to act. And often this will just lead through a life of being a self-victimizer. I don't even know if that's a proper word. And having a lot of self-pity and anxiety, especially when those feelings start to come up or something triggers you and those feelings come up. Like when you become a mom and your child has the same experience and you get triggered. So a lot of us just end up growing up with emotional pain. And because those voices are constantly playing in the back of our minds, we then create lies that we use and we find evidence to say, well, see, this makes so much sense. This is why I'll never, you know, have a good relationship with food. This is why I'll always be an emotional eater. This is why I'm always, I'm always going to be fat. I'll never find someone to love me because of my body. We blame our bodies. We blame food because of the emotional debt that we carry. So for women and moms in particular, I see this happen too with our sense of worth. So we wrap up our sense of worth in the roles that we play in society. And we tend to play those roles trying to be good enough. So you want to be the good enough wife or partner or employee or friend or sister, even daughter. And the whole time we're hoping that people's positive responses to us will fill us up enough so that we drown out any negative emotions that are filled by our not enough, you know, voices. Now, I'm not saying here that being a mom is easy. (laughs) By all means, no. What I'm saying is that many of us just care so much about our roles that we sometimes forget that we're humans and we are daughters too who are deserving of love and attention. 
And until we learn to prioritize giving the love and attention to ourselves, we'll always feel overdrawn. We'll always feel like we're in the red. We'll always feel like we're constantly trying to catch up. So then we walk around with this emotional debt and we expect people to pay up. We expect our children to respond positively. And when we can't find it in our people, maybe your spouse, maybe your partner, maybe your child, we tend to want to control, right? We tend to put on that control um, sort of thing because we want to kind of guide them and manipulate them to give us the positive feelings that we're looking for. I'm hoping this is making sense and I hope it lands for a lot of you because I really think that this is so important for us to recognize. Now, I'm going to say here that the issue with this is that then your happiness and your emotional well-being becomes conditional. So as long as you use your intelligence and potential to foster, you know, these codependent relationships with people, with things, you always think that they'll give you the feelings you want. So you're always staying in that state of earning their love, earning their attention, rather than just being yourself, being just who you are. And letting them learn to love you for who you are. And even with yourself, if you've turned into being your own kind of, um, what's, oppressor? Oppressor sounds really harsh, but that's the only word that comes to mind right now. If you've become that person, let's say, for instance, when it comes to food, some people tend to be their own food police. It's hard for you to then get to a place where you want to accept who you are, right? So you constantly end up being the one being negative towards yourself. And then we run around trying to fix ourselves. We're saying, oh yeah, when I lose weight, we, we want to wait to lose weight. We want our children to grow up. We want our spouses or our partners to change. We're hoping that a different job will do the trick, right? Once all of these things are fixed, then I'll fully live and express myself. So then we just base whatever we want on the people and things around us. Now, how this shows up is that I think I've said already quite a bit, but many of us just stay in a constant state of anxiety. We have trouble sleeping. We're tired all the time. We might feel resentful towards our people. Passive aggression. You know what I'm saying, right? A lot of us disengage, especially when we get home or our kids start to act up in quote. We just disengage. There's also a lot of avoiding and buffering, you know, numbing out very little patience, right? We're always looking for evidence that something's going to go wrong. So for instance, the way I've seen this is my clients would say, well, if I eat that food, I'm going to gain weight. Isn't that bad for me? Right? So then they have this deeper fear that their body is wrong. Or if a child doesn't eat, then that means I'm a terrible mom because I've internalized that I'm only as good as my child's body or my child's ability to eat all the foods. All the foods is always vegetables. Let's just be frank here, (laughs) right? So a lot of us just spend so much time and effort trying to make up for this debt by reading books, by taking courses and doing all the things. And we're so proud and quick to say, well, look at all the things I'm doing, but we're not really implementing and embodying the work. So then we just lose trust with ourselves and we're like, well, I never get things done. And it's never going to happen because I've tried and it's not working. And of course, you know how that cycle works. So then you just don't even try anymore. You're like, what's the point? Just screw everything. And then life becomes burdensome and we feel that need to escape. 
So if you're in this place and you can recognize this in you, I'm going to say this. Any of these experiences or behaviors may serve you in the moment, right? Because your mind is just trying to manage the threat that you feel. So feeling terrible about it is not going to serve you. You need to recognize that it is serving you in that moment. That's why you keep doing it. But when you go down to the root of it, there's a lot of emotional debt. And just like with financial debt, you can put a number to it and add it, subtract, manipulate the numbers to figure it out. Emotional debt requires you taking inventory of your life, knowing what's happening, what do you want, and what isn't happening the way you want. And then you become the person who is willing to do what it takes to create a different reality for you. And that's where the work is. Because in our society, we tend to be We tend to focus on performance. We tend to focus on productivity. So I'll have clients say things like, I've read all the books. I took the course. I know all the things, but why isn't it working? And like I said earlier, I just asked them, so why aren't you doing them? Why aren't you doing the work? And here's the answer. Emotional work feels scary for so many of us. I used to be one of them. I'm still even uncovering so many things that I'm afraid of when it comes to this emotional work. For some of us, we'd rather just eat food, you know, distract ourselves, pray and speak some positive affirmations over it, than admit that we're having negative emotions or even doing the work because we don't know what we'll uncover. And I know this because moms tell me I used to be this mom too. Sometimes I still feel myself being hesitant. So people will say things like, I know I shouldn't be angry, right? I shouldn't think that towards my child. And then they try to justify why they feel that negative emotion. And I'm like, why do you have to paint over it? If you're angry, you're angry. You have emotions. You are not your emotions. And the fact that you have a negative emotion in that moment just means that your body is trying to tell you something. So in Thrive, I teach my clients that emotions present as vibrations within our bodies. And some of them really feel intense, especially when you're not used to them. I remember one of my clients who just started working with me. We've been working for about a month now. She used to be so afraid of feeling anger. And she said, like, it feels like her throat is going to close. And I said, that's normal. It's fine. Your brain is trying to protect you and it'll take you to the worst case scenario so that you feel so afraid that you're not even going to try. But the worst thing that's going to happen is that you'll feel that emotion. The emotion's not going to hurt you. So just acknowledge that it exists. Name it. And just allow yourself, notice where it is in your body, speak to yourself in the moment and feel that emotion until it leaves. And for her, dealing with that anger was so huge. But once she did that, like things just started to change. She was able to talk to her dad about things she'd been carrying since she was a teenager and they repaired their relationship. There's no need to shun ourselves from those negative experiences or those negative emotions. Life is 50-50. So how do we then do the work of paying off our emotional debt? First, you just want to take account of where you may be overdrawing. Then you want to plan to course correct and maintain some form of rhythm. Where emotional beings will always, always have those days when sometimes our emotional debt is just really high and that's okay. But our aim should always be to try and find some form of rhythm where we're not constantly being overdrawn. So the first thing is just getting curious. Like, why do I find myself feeling this way or doing this thing? 
keep asking yourself why until you don't know the answer anymore. So for me, I always like using people pleasing. I started people pleasing when I was a child because I was deemed a picky eater. And I used to get into so much trouble for not eating. <laughs> and I quickly learned that I did not know what was best for me. So I just did what I was told. I never complained. And even when I felt something was wrong, I just defaulted to what's well, probably my fault. So that meant I was just like hiding and I never got into trouble because I knew how to manipulate people through my behavior. So they just like me. Now, I, it, it's really comical to think about it, but this is how I survived. So you want to get curious and then you want to raise awareness and notice how emotional debt plays out in other areas of your life. Then you want to decide whether you want to continue the way things are or not. And this is probably my favorite tool because most times we think we don't have a choice when it comes to our behaviors, but we do. So you want to ask yourself, how is this serving me and how is it not? And then the fourth thing is, how do you want to feel in your daily life? Recognizing that life is 50-50, sometimes you'll have positive, other times you'll have negative emotions. And then just think about how is that different from your current experience? This will highlight where you need to work on. And then finally, I already talked about this. You want to learn to process your negative emotions. We're not meant to feel happy all the time. So give yourself room to process the negative emotions and just let them be. Now I'm going to say here that we're not taught how to invest in our emotional well-being. We're taught to outsource our emotional health to people and things around us. So our partners, our children, food, alcohol, shopping, social media. But I want you to pay attention every day and note that every experience is an investment. So I want you to invest wisely, my friends. Have a beautiful week and keep thriving. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you've got to sign up for my emotional eating masterclass titled Stop Emotional Eating. It's happening on Tuesday, March the 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be teaching you practical tools and a three-step process to help you end the shame and embarrassment of emotional eating once and for all. Go get all the details and sign up at http colon forward slash forward slash www.oliveandbliss.ca forward slash emotional eating. I'll include a link in the show notes. Hope to see you there.